So it's the end of the day. I'm packing up my desk, as you do, yep. because I've got stuff to do. And I notice that one of the guys from the comm centre goes sprinting into my boss's office, waving a bunch of paper, and my boss comes out and goes, David, I need you to treat this as a priority flash. Right. And I just look at him and go, oh, come on, Mars, how important is it, mate? Because, you know, I've got rehearsals to go to. Or, <laughs> You've got an acting career to get yes, to. Yes, or, or perhaps a ill-fated romantic interlude. Yeah. But uh, essentially he went, I don't know, mate, why don't you read it and tell me how important this is? So I read it, and it was a transcript of a murder. Blow by blow. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This one got juicy. Gross. You're listening to I Spy, the podcast that is the awkward guy in the room when someone pulls a gun. Oh my God, I hope he doesn't point that at me. You're talking about the gun, right? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm a journalist with Nova Entertainment and I'm joined here with David Callan, who has proven himself to be less spy and more fool. Oh yes, most definitely. <laughs> the foolishest of spies. The foolish, like I don't even understand quite how you got through your years at ASIO. You don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. ASIO sure as hell don't understand. I can tell you that right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery. The mystery deepens. Anyway, last week we had our very first guest. How exciting. Oh, gosh, that was great. Yes, Matthew Bevan. Um, he came on and spoke to us about foreign interference. Yes. All things Trump, Russia. Overthrowing governments. All the juicy bits. The average day for an ASIO officer. Yeah. Now, today, pretty excited and a little bit grossed out, I yeah, think. Yeah. It was, it was actually one of the ones where I finally went, wow, this shit really is getting real. Because uh, essentially, ASIO recorded a murder. Well, like, how did, how did that even happen? Oh, what happened was there was a target. We always have targets. This is the important okay. thing. And what they did is they bugged the phone of this target because they'd been – it was a right-wing extremist group. Right. And they'd been involved in a drive-by shooting. Now, we should we should say how long ago was this? Because oh, 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 when yeah. you're bugging a phone, mm. we're not talking about mobiles. No, no, no. This was a landline. For oh all the God. kids playing at home, it's a one that's plugged into a wall. The kids don't know don't, – we still don't have landlines. Yeah, I'm sorry about There that. are no such things. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is about 28, 30 years ago. Okay. Yeah, it is a long time ago and it be was the beginning of the rise of right-wing extremism in Australia. Essentially, these guys had done a drive-by shooting and, of course, the police and ASIO were a little interested and wanted to know more about it. And they were having a meeting in their little meeting house in Tempe. Right. And two of the guys were having a bit of an argument. One of them had accused the other one of being a police informant. Now... The guy was like being investigated for a drive-by shooting and yet the other guy thought he was a police informant. So we're already on dodgy ground here. Yeah. But when the second guy, the, the accusee, turned around and said, don't be stupid, mate, you know, you know, what do you think you're talking about? The first guy stormed out of the room and then stormed back in and went, if you want to know what I think, I think this, and then shot him eight times in the back with a sawn-off twenty two rifle. I mean, that's aggressive. Eight times, yeah. And that was the thing. It was recorded by ASIO. How? They had a bug on the phone. They bugged okay. the phone line. Now, they don't put the bug in the phone, everybody. If somebody doesn't sneak into your house, yeah, unscrew yeah, yeah. the receiver and put it in. I want to know how they it. do it. They do it at the uh, telephone exchange. Okay. They literally attach a recorder to that line and then that every time the phone is lifted off the cradle, you don't even have to dial out. You just lift it off the cradle. 
and that is a live microphone into your house. So essentially the phone must have been left off the cradle. Yes. Now, what was interesting is we do know from history that the person who owned the house, when he had meetings, he mm. would normally unplug the phone entirely. Because he's paranoid. Well, he, hey, they are. They're very paranoid. But also there's a thing called frequency saturation where if you send enough of a signal down the phone line, mm. you don't even have to lift the phone off the cradle to activate the microphone inside it. So he knew that, so he'd unplug the whole phone. Right. The problem was he wasn't there on the day. These guys who were having a meeting had just been down to the pub. They came in, saw the phone there, and took it off the cradle, immediately activated oh, it. Oh, so they thought by taking it off the cradle it they, was deactivating it. When actually they were activating it. Oh, my God, so smart. Oh, yeah, they're brilliant people. Right. So ASIO heard this phone call. Now, here's the thing you've got to understand, though. This was a very priority flash, very important moment in ASIO history. Yeah. But we weren't actually – we weren't across it until the next night. That time. So it Why was at least a day. Why did it take so long? Well, the whole thing is we don't have someone sitting there with a set of headphones on listening, listening to, to everything. <laughs> what we have is we have a series of, of every phone tap is going into a recording device. Back then it was reel-to-reel tape. Now it would reel be to Reel-to-reel. Reel-to-reel, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the old analog system. <laughs> you got to relate. It sounds better. Your yeah, bugs yeah, sound yeah. better than digital. Um, sure. Yeah. So what happened was our monitors would have been going through and said, oh, somebody you know, lifted the phone off the cradle at this point. Let's have a listen to it. And they would have heard bang, 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 bang. Right. And sure enough, that's when the balloon went up. But our monitors wouldn't sit there on the phone constantly. Literally, the guy comes in, turns the tape on and listens to everything that was recorded on it. So as soon as he, they hear a murder, yep. lay it out. So what what is the first steps? Like if you're an ASIO officer and you're, you're listening to that and you hear a murder, what do you do? Well, do first thing you do is up? you go, where's Frosty? Because we're going to make his life hell and he's going <laughs> to miss out on that date. Great. Which actually I had the date later and it really wasn't that good. Um, right. She was a nice girl, but not me. No one cares. Okay. What happens is we immediately will talk to the police. Now, the police probably would have been on, they would have been, they were across this already. Because what happened was after the guy had shot him, I listened to the tape because it's a transcript. You want to get, make sure that the transcript is correct to the tape. So I had to sit there and listen to it. Least favorite thing ever. I've ever listened to is listening to a man basically drown in his own blood yeah. while the other guy standing over the top of him going, yeah, how do you feel now, mate? Is that your brains coming out the back of your head? While the two other guys in the room are quietly freaking out yeah. because they've just witnessed a murder and you don't want to be around. And what kind of psychopath just stands over the body of someone who's dying and is just taunting him? A really, really unpleasant psychopath. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was the... The, the other two guys were like saying, we need to call the police. We mm. need to call the police. And then, of course, the murderer turned around and went, I've got an idea. We'll put a knife in his hand and say he attacked me. Oh, because, you know, then he turned around yeah, and shot him. Exactly. But then he took, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't work. Eight times in the back and the guy's holding a knife. I'm not sure what's going on. These guys so, are brilliant. So the police were already onto it. Now, right. of course, the police really wanted that tape because yeah. that's evidence. And it was the first time in the history of ASIO that uh, an audio intercept had been used in a trial. So it was used in the murder trial? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was five ASIO officers actually had to appear at the trial and the trial was done completely in camera. Yeah, I was going to say it would have had to be a closed trial. Very much, you know, witness X type thing. Yeah. Uh, they literally, nobody was named in the release documents. But, yeah, five officers were interviewed. I wasn't one of them. No, but you would have been... 
you would have known that you would you were screwed as soon as they said, "Look, we we know that yeah. you said that this person was attacking you, but we have a transcript of what really happened." It was a real Gladys Berry Jicklian. We're going to play you that phone call type moment. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh wait, I remember that. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, that shooting in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Now it's ringing some bells. I can see how you might misinterpret that. So, yeah, that was the first time it happened, but it was also the beginning of, like, it really was the beginning of the rise of right-wing extremism. Yeah, and I think it's important that when we talk about right-wing extremism, we take a look at the the left wing as well. Yeah. A lot of right-wing extremism probably does a lot more damage and, and... injures a lot more people than, say, anything that religious extremism could could possibly do. Well, and people don't realise that. It's an interesting thing because religious extremism, man, we've had some doozies yeah, here. We we've have. had some doozies all around the world, certainly. But also uh, left-wing extremism, as you said, it's sort of gone by the wayside now. It's sort of disappeared because... So back when I was working for ASIO, there were left-wing extremist groups that we right. looked at. So in in Europe, there was the Bader-Meinhof gang, the Red Army faction, yep. the Irish Nationalist Liberation Army. In America, there was the Weather Station. All of these different left-wing groups. And what do the, what's left-wing ideology like? What are they? What, what are they so angry about? Okay, what they are, they're angry at authority. So they they're. Their terrorist incidents were generally really directed towards government and authority yeah, uh, because they want to destroy capitalism and bring in a socialist utopia. Like, because when I think about left-wing anarchists, I just think, you know, people who are just angry about the composting. Well, kind of. It's, 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 <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not really – I never take it really seriously. But that's that was what happened with left-wing extremism. Right. What happened was they suddenly realised is we're here to fight for the workers, but every time we blow something up, we're kind of killing the guys we're actually fighting yeah, exactly. for. So what they've done is they, they've morphed into something like all of these different Antifa groups, like Anonymous. Left-wing extremism is really good at disruption. Yeah. Right. So if you look at something like Anonymous, uh, yeah. WikiLeaks is another good example, despite the fact that they've then been corrupted themselves. The whole thing is they, they disrupt. They don't destroy. Now, when you look at what's going on in America and how Antifa, which isn't a group, it's an ideology. No, yeah, absolutely. Right? You look at something like Antifa, what's happened is a lot of their protests are being hijacked by anarchists who go, this is great, let's trash the joint, mm. right? So the thing with left-wing extremism now is it's more of a, a disruptive influence. It's not a violent one. And that's where right-wing extremism is on the rise because it's becoming more and more violent. Yes, and like we even we saw with ASIO earlier this year, they put out some information about how far-right extremism is growing and mm. they don't know why. And it follows on as well from, the, you know, that Australian who um, murdered a bunch of Muslims in, in Christchurch. Exactly. So I think what we're seeing is like this growth of far-right extremism. Even ASIO is like, how do we tap into it? And then this was kind of the beginning of it. So it's been going for about 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even before that, there were groups during the Vietnam moratoriums there mm. were, and the Vietnam protests, there were right-wing groups. There was a classic guy by the name of Ross May, also known as the Skull, who you know, proudly admitted that he would throw demonstrators down flights of stairs. And he would walk around wearing a brown shirt, Nazi uniform, carrying a sign saying, Dong a demonstrator. The thing is, they're disenfranchised. There yeah. they, is this group of people that feel totally disenfranchised and they're looking for an other Attack. Predominantly white. Yeah. Predominantly white, probably haven't had sex, yeah, I would say. Uh, well, yeah. A lot of virgins. Oh, the incel thing the is in- just The incel terrible. thing is crazy. And, and like, 
I think also if, you know, ASIO said we don't know why it's growing, I think a big part of that is social media. If we were to look at Facebook, you've got these echo chambers mm. where people just go on social media and due to the algorithms, they're only constantly being fed the things that they interact with. Exactly. So it perpetuates this idea that what they're saying is correct and that everyone agrees with them. Yeah. As my father said, and I've, if I've used this quote before, I'm going to use it again. My father always used to say, before the internet, every village had an idiot. Now, with the internet, they're allowed to talk to each other. And, and, and they do. They do. And that's the thing. You've got to rise. Because of social media, you're getting a lot of disinformation going out and it's corrupting just logical thought, rash, you know, reasonable thought. The interesting one was the demonstration, the lockdown demonstration in Melbourne recently. One of the organisers was there to demonstrate for the freedom of the 300,000 children that are being held in tunnels under Melbourne City as sex slaves. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's a, the, isn't there that whole story about the Pizza Hut over in the US mm. where, you know, it was on QAnon that the Pizza Hut underneath, they had, like, this pedophilia ring and some guy was basically trying to bust into a Pizza Hut back room yeah. to murder all these pedophiles. It just didn't even exist. It's just, like, three teenagers rolling dough going, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, who? Right? And that's the thing that always, I, that's the thing. Once they get their head around this idea, it's very difficult for them to let it go. Right. And when you look at it, there's a real persecution complex within the right wing. Mm. And oh, man, the paranoia runs really, really deep. Yeah. So, and I guess getting back to this story, that's exactly. where that like kind of paranoia mm. is fed. But I can't even imagine, like, they're super paranoid 30 years ago. Imagine the level of paranoia now. You've got like, you've got phones, you've got people who are able to film things, they can mm. record on their phone at any moment. There must be s multiple steps that people have to take in order to meet up. Going back, right? Yeah. So bef even before this incident, there were like, there were a number of right wing groups in say Western Australia and South Australia. Mm. One of them, that one group, they would constantly go around blowing up Chinese restaurants because it, you know, <laughs> it was the Asians, right? It was all the Asians. Yeah. The interesting thing was the leader of this group was half Chinese. Oh, my God. That's like – it's like imagining like a black man who's in yeah. with the Ku Klux Klan. Black Klansman. Great film. I mean <laughs> great film. But a true story. Yeah. Right? So there is that thing. You know, I, I found that one fascinating. And then there were uh, – there's a and a what case. is it? Is that do you think that's kind of self hatred? Like this whole idea of like trying to remove yourself from a portion of society that you just loathe? That could be part of it. There could certainly be a amount of self loathing. But the other thing that would also be there is they would be able to convince themselves that they're right. Yeah. See that that is the really interesting thing is the mental gymnastics these people put themselves through to justify what most people would go. That's a fairly dubious call. Mm. This is the thing that's always really interesting as a an intelligence officer to look at is how do you get yourself to this position when it literally does not make sense. Yeah. And that's I mean that's common through all extremism. I mean, when you look at something like the Bader-Meinhof gang, the Symbionese Army in America was a great one because what the Symbionese Army would do, they would go and rob banks everywhere to fund the overthrow of capitalism. Were they Robin Hood? Yeah. Modern-day Robin Hoods. But the thing is, the, the banks they were robbing, they were basically stealing the money from of, poor people. From poor people. Oh, great. Right? So you're not helping the problem. There was no. the Red Army Faction. This was the interesting thing about Red Army Faction was they were a Japanese oh, – not the Red Army Faction, the Japanese Red Army, mm. which was an offshoot of the Red Army Faction in Germany. But the Japanese Red Army, because they wanted to overthrow the emperor, mm. their big thing – God, I love this – was – 
they would rent themselves out. So they actually became freelance terrorists. <laughs> And they were working in right. the Mediterranean. So they were doing stuff in the Mediterranean. Now, some of the things that the left wing did were absolutely reprehensible. Yeah. But then you started getting more, like the PLO, a lot of the Middle Eastern groups started coming through, PLO, Hezbollah, Abu Nadal. And that the PLO was literally, they just wanted Palestine back. But that's now morphed into this whole, the Islamist terrorism. And now because it's almost like a, in response to that, right-wing terrorism is growing because there's this other threat that we need to combat. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, especially with ASIO coming out and saying, you know, right-wing extremism is pretty much mm. one of these huge things. So you've got right-wing extremists, you've got, you've got you know, Islamists and all that as well. Yep. What do you think ASIO would be focusing on most? Most, I would, sh- I would certainly imagine that Islamist terrorism would be a massive focus yeah. because it's also it's so prevalent. But I think you'll find that they would be building more and more of a response to right-wing terrorism at the moment yeah. simply because it's becoming more and more apparent. And the violence is a lot more explosive. Yeah. In, not explosive as in, boom, a bomb goes off, but explosive in that something very simple yeah. or, or very what should be a very – like a protest meeting can turn into a violent incident very quickly. Cronulla is a really good example of yeah. that. That was, you know, let's take back the beach from, you know, and it was basically some Lebanese people went to Cronulla and some white people didn't like it. And that became a massive issue in this mm. city, in Sydney. So what do we do about that? Well, we need to get somebody in there to find out what's going on. And that's why the right wing have been killing each other quite literally for the last 30 years because they're terrified of informants. Yeah. So they keep killing each other because they think the other guy's an informant. And I think from a political perspective as well, we are seeing across the world, uh, the US, England, mm-hmm. even portions of Europe, we're seeing politicians becoming more right wing mm. and gaining power as well. It's like there is definitely a portion of society that are feeling disenfranchised and are angry about it and want to do something about it. The thing that I find most curious about that, and it's the same with left-wing extremism, it's the same with right-wing extremism, if you really want to change anything, Mm. get into parliament. 100%. 100%. Right. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, with Pauline Hanson, the, for a while there, people were outraged that, you know, she'd be on these shows or whatever. But what people fail to realise, she actually got voted in and she represents a portion of Australia. Whether you agree with her or not, mm. that's neither here nor there. She actually needs to be heard, though, because I think part of the problem with extremism is it's the left or the right's failure to hear the other side. Bingo. And it gets aggressive. Right. And that's a really good point. And I'm going to do something because, you know, you like to think that I'm a a rabid lefty. You are a rabid lefty. I am not a rabid lefty. (laughs) I am not a rabid lefty. I am am a social democrat. Um, You're one of the most left people I know. I am, actually. I, I firmly believe in capitalism. It's, it's a good system, but it needs to be tempered, yeah. right? I think if you runaway capitalism, and at the moment we've got a little bit of runaway capitalism happening. There's, you know, wealth wealth gaps and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But to change the system, you need to do it gradually and you need to do it properly. Like destroying a system just leaves a void. Iraq is a really good example of that. Yeah. If you look at Iraq and you look at Nazi Germany, now people are like going, where is he going with this? When the Americans and the Russians finally ended World War II in Europe and took over Mm. Germany, they basically turned around to everybody working in a government job and said, do you remember the Nazi party? And they all went, well, yeah, that's because I'm in the government. There's no way I could have this job without being a member. Do you believe in it? 
no. Mm. When they went to Iraq, when America went to Iraq and they turned around, are you a Ba'athist? Yes, you're out. So suddenly there's this massive void in your government structure, in your bureaucracy, and also there's all these guys that are out of work going, hang on, there's a cache of guns over there. And then you had the rise of – they went in there to get rid of al-Qaeda, and when they finished, al-Qaeda moved in. Yeah. And then that morphed into Daesh and you had the problem again. So the whole idea of – I understand why people would go for violent change. I just don't understand why they don't then stop and go, let me think about this. No, it's not going to work because it just doesn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. But getting – I just had a thought getting back to the story. Did the guy that he shot, was he an informant? No. Oh. Nope. So he just just killed his mate? He just killed a guy who at, at, was actually under investigation. Right. But there were there were people within that organisation that were informants? Very much so. So he killed the wrong guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is the thing now. It's like I, I can't say, but, you know, what if one of the guys in that room at the time yeah. was an informant? How does that make you feel? I would be shit scared. Well, the, the, the problem is, I mean, in a way, by killing, it, it's that classic thing of killing one of the generals to keep the others in line. You want to get rid of an informant, just shoot any random guy going, you're an informant, and every informant will go, I don't want to work with these guys anymore because yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. Or I don't want to work with you anymore because I could die. How would ASIO get an informant in one of these right-wing extremist groups? Um, like why would – because surely that would be a frightening thing to do, why would they turn? Ah, that's the, it's what we call mice. Right. Money, ideology, compromise, ego. Right. So money, we'll pay you to do it. Uh, That works until somebody else can pay you more. Uh, Ideology, look, we understand that you believe this. We actually, we believe it too, but we think what they're doing is dangerous and wrong. Can you help us out? Yeah. Compromise, uh, by the way, uh, we've got all this information on you. If you don't work with us, we're going to tell everyone about it. Um, sexual compromise is a big one with that. That becomes the honey trap. Yeah. And then, of course, ego. You're the only person that can help us, mate. You're the only one that can stop the violence. And it works. Yeah. This really does work as a recruiting tool. If you've got two of those, you've pretty much got everyone. If you look at, like, Donald Trump's a great example. I'd say Vladimir Putin's got all four, right? Yeah. Have some cash. <laughs> we believe in you. By the way, yeah, this yeah. is a photo of you with your pants around your ankles and you're a great guy, right? So it, the, it would be easy to turn a narcissist. Yeah, it's easy to turn a narcissist. It's a lot harder to turn somebody who's not a narcissist. Yeah. Now, the other thing as well is, you know, there was a great example of someone, uh, an agent in the Communist Party who said, oh, they want to make me the leader of the cadre. I, I, I'm going to have to quit. And like Asia going, no, 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 no. That's great. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Be the leader. You're doing a great job. Yeah. You're doing you're doing a great job for them and you're helping us and it's and you haven't had any problems, have you? This guy basically wound up the leader of the Communist Party in his state or something. And he's like, I'm running the joint. And that's perfect. We want that. Right. We're never going to discourage an agent not to take a position of higher authority or power within an organization because that means we've got that much more access to what's going on. So with ASIO agents, are they ever in the field? Do they infiltrate or do they just rely on people like informants? And oh, stuff an like ASIO that? officer. And that, sorry, an ASIO yeah. officer. Yeah. Would they would they ever be in the field or do they just rely on? You really, look, you don't really want to be in the field because, again, as soon as you're exposed as who you are, you are in, in incredible amounts of peril. Right. And we don't have guns. I was going to ask. You don't have guns, No, do we you? don't get guns. So what do you do when you get in trouble? I'm going to slap you. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> as a bureaucrat, you need to fill out a form before you shoot me. <laughs> 
Well, Can you please a, fill out this form before you pull that gun here's, on a, here's the interesting point. There was a, a great example of one of the guys that worked there who went to meet an agent in a hotel room mm. of a target. They, they had access to this hotel room and said, I really want to search his luggage. Can you get me in? And the agent went, yeah, yeah, I can get you in. So they go into the room and then somebody starts trying to come through the door of the hotel room. Yeah. Now, our guy, the officer, walked up and put his head to the door going, who is it? Who is it? God, what the hell's going on? And he just heard click, click from behind him. Get out of the way. I'll fix this. And he turned around and his agent is standing there holding a pistol about six inches from his head. And he's like, do, 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 don't do anything. He's like, no, 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 no. I cannot be caught. I'm going to have to kill this guy. Turned out to be a drunk American tourist who was on the oh, wrong God. floor. <laughs> they just said, ah, oh, Christ's sake, I'm on the wrong floor. And the guy staggers off and it's like, this ASIO office was like going, I could have been shot because this guy was terrified. Uh, but are you ever trained to be in those situations, like high stress situations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are tra- There is training for high stress and it's essentially keep your sh- shit together and get the hell out of there as quickly as you can. Right. But, I mean, that whole thing, we don't get guns. It's not part of the ASIO charter to be armed. So, but, but what... I do- you are, you stay trained at- in, are you trained in anything? Uh, harsh language. <laughs> <laughs> I am You're going tra- to outthink you. Exactly. You're yeah. trained not to find yourself in that situation. Okay. I mean, our tech guys can be put in situations that are a bit more awkward in that there was one example where the tech guys were going in with a counter-terror squad. For it was a, They were mm. literally going to put the technical gear in so the counter-terror squad could see what was going on. Just an exercise. And one of the judges, one of the umpires of the exercise turned around and went, you're under fire, you're down and you're down to these two counter-terrorist officers. One of them turned and threw his gun to the ASA guy and went, cover me. And this, the ASA guy went, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I am not picking up that gun. It's like the counter-terrorist guys are going, we really should train these guys to do that because if we come under fire... They're kind of under fire too. But has that changed, do you think? Do you think now ASIO officers would be trained a little bit more? No. No. No, 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 no. It's not in the charter. Okay. ASIS, the Foreign Intelligence Service, our Foreign Intelligence Service, the guys who go out and gather it, they're trained. They actually had their guns taken off them after an incident in Melbourne during a training exercise, always training exercise, where they went to the Sheraton Hotel. Very famous case. They go to the Sheraton Hotel. (laughs) And they had to go and interrogate this guy. And they were armed. Mm. It was like they, they were like, it was something they would have done overseas. They were going in to interrogate this guy and they got the wrong room. <laughs> and this guy, so these the, the people who came into the room were like going, we don't know who you are. What are you talking about? Yeah. And they're screaming at them and there's abuse and there's guns being pointed around the room. Meanwhile, the guy they were meant to be interrogating was one floor above and he just could hear the ruckus below and oh went, oh, my God. Yeah, I think I might leave. <laughs> Just got the hell out of there, checked out and left. Oh, my God. And then it turned out. Now, ASIO got blamed for that. Until it wound up, it was ASIS. And eventually they just turned around and said, so we're going to take your guns away. And it was only, it was only I think, in the last decade where ASIS turned around and said, you are leaving us completely exposed yeah. on foreign soil. We right. ca- don't do this to us. And finally they were given their ability to arm. It's not that they do arm themselves, it's they can arm themselves. That's the difference. Yeah. So with right-wing extremists, ASIO has, I would imagine, has, you know, a fair few agents that look after that. They'd have a section, yeah. Yeah, they'd have a section. Yeah. From what I've read, it kind of started or crystallised a bit more from this case. Yes. That you, that you read the transcripts. Definitely. That was the one where they said, look, we can't sort of pass this off as just a fad. Yeah. And the thing is, Eddie has built. And it's the internet that's really built it through. Yeah, and I would imagine... 
just to kind of finish off, I would imagine as well, nowadays, like 30 years ago, mm-hmm. they would all meet at a pub or at a house or whatever. Yep. Nowadays, it would probably be online. Yeah. So we- how do you infiltrate that? If, if, if you can't see those people or go meet up with them, how do you infiltrate it? Well, that becomes cyber intelligence, yeah. right? And that's something I know nothing about. So I think we're going to have to find someone to come and talk to us about it. I think we do. Because we had a guest and it was really good fun. So I want another guest. I am. I'm going to find someone. <laughs> Put your foot down. I'm going to ring a friend. i got a friend I can call. Do you know how to use a phone? Oh, if it's a landline. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> but I never take it off the hook in case it goes off. I mean, landlines, always best that you leave them on the hook. Or, I mean, who actually has one anymore? I don't actually. No. I got rid of mine after the last election. (laughs) I got sick of everyone ringing me up going, who are you going to vote for? It's like, mum, leave me alone. (laughs) So wrapping up, we touched on right-wing extremism. Well, all kinds of extremism. Mm. And how to bug a landline, which I don't think anyone will ever need to know. No, don't worry about that. Just go straight to their mobile. You'll get everything. Yeah. Next week, look, it's a really gruesome one. We're going to talk torture. Yeah. It's time. I think it's time we talk about the fact, you know, the elephant in the room that will probably be forced to sit on you if you don't tell them what they wanted to hear. How it works, why it happens, and how easy I interrogate you. Yeah, and by torture, we, we're we not talking about listening to this podcast. No, 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 no. This is actually, this is the thing that relieves you of all that pain and yes. suffering. But we do get a glimpse of how you were tortured, and I really can't wait for that. I deserved it as well. I bet you did. You've been listening to I Spied. Give us a subscribe, a like, even a comment, maybe even tell your friends. Join us on Twitter at I Spied Podcast. And again, yeah, tell your friends. I mean, why should you get in trouble alone? Make sure everyone gets a file. Share the joy.